You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 426. This is Dominique, Sigrun's content manager. Sigrun's sick today, but she's prepared another great interview for you. Are you wondering how you can get more media coverage and become the go-to expert in your field? Then this conversation Sigrun had with Selena Sue will be right down your alley. Sigrun and Selena speak about how to get featured in Forbes in 2021. Each week, Sigrun goes live to share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for tuning in today. Building an online business takes time. Sigrun shares proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's episode is an interview with Selena Sue a PR expert and the absolute go-to person when it comes to landing publicity for your business. Selena helped Sigrun get featured in Forbes last year, which helped Sigrun position herself as an expert internationally and increase her visibility and brand awareness. Today, they're speaking about how you can get featured in Forbes in 2021. The doors to Selena's program, Impacting Millions, are now open but only until April 6th. If you want to start being seen as an expert, gain more visibility and understand how to catch the media's interest, this program helps you get there. When you sign up for Impacting Millions using Sigrun's link, you'll also get Sigrun's own amazing bonuses worth over $5,000. Go to the show notes at sigrun.com forward slash 426, where you'll find a special link to Selena's program, plus information on Sigrun's bonuses. Selena So, thank you for coming on here live today and sharing how you and I and everybody else who's watching, listening, can get into Forbes. Yeah, and I'm excited to talk about that because, you know, it is actually the number one request. I mean, of course, yeah, people want to be like interviewed by Oprah, but people also know that that's quite a, a stretch, right? Whereas like getting into publications like Forbes is re- in reach, but you know, you need to know how to pitch them, what to say and all of that. So we can totally dive into it for sure. Absolutely. So let's start about that. Oprah. I remember, you know, writing a vision down, like, you know, where do I want to be in 10 years? And I would write down, oh, Oprah is calling me on stage and I'm sharing what I'm doing. And then on the other hand, it's like, it's such a far away dream. Very few of us will ever achieve that. Uh, But there are multiple other ways to get publicity. And maybe one day with a lucky chance, Oprah will find out. But you will only find out if we actually do other publicity first. Yeah, absolutely. I have a few things that are coming to mind, Sigrun. So first of all, I think we need to ask ourselves, who is the Oprah of our industry? Because that's not the perfect media opportunity for everyone. And if you're, maybe if you're selling certain kinds of business services or targeting entrepreneurs, I mean, obviously being interviewed by Oprah is um, a huge honor, but it might not be the most targeted media opportunity. So who represents the Oprah of our industry? What kinds of opportunities? Mm. It could be Richard Branson or Gary Vaynerchuk or, you know, Melinda Gates. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what would be the first steps uh, when someone says, okay, I want to appear in Forbes, but obviously there are multiple other things you might do first before you get all the way over there. 
Yes, absolutely. So I think the first thing is to get clear on what general topic would you pitch on, right? So, um, you know, as entrepreneurs, we have things that we want to be seen as an expert in. And there's two different types of expert topics. There's mainstream topics, and then there's niche topics. So for example, I have two main topics. My number one topic is publicity. That's a little bit more of a niche topic, just because the average person isn't looking for publicity. But if you're an entrepreneur, you want it. Whereas my topic of networking, that's mainstream. You could be a high school student. You could be a stay-at-home mom and benefit from building a network, right? And topics can go very niche from like, okay, um, you know, webinar funnels and pixels and this and this and this. And the thing is, the more niche you get, the harder it is to get into mainstream media. So I would consider Forbes to be mainstream media. I mean, yes, we're targeting entrepreneurs. So we're targeting certain you know, more specific people, but it's still mainstream. They want, you know, lots of people to be reading their articles. So I would say like a podcast, like your podcast, Sigrin, is more niche because people are specifically interested in online business and marketing. Um, but with, you know, bigger publications, they tend to be a little bit more broad. And it's not to say that you can never get your niche topic, um, but it's sometimes a little bit harder. Um, so I just want to, you know, kind of stop there just to make sure that that makes sense to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So I also realized because I've been interviewed in media and then also I go on podcasts, you cannot talk about launching or scaling. There are certain words that you exclude and you keep it broad that everyone understands. Exactly. So like, let's talk about some mainstream topics that relate to business, right? So a mainstream business topic, and especially when you think about like the masses, the millions of people that are consuming media, like for entrepreneur, there is a whole segment of people that are brand new entrepreneurs. So it might be about a mainstream topic could be about, um, you know, side hustles, getting your first client, um, and then, you know, to all kind of audiences who that are reading entrepreneur, also advanced business owners, topics like creativity, productivity, innovation, success, motivation. Maybe it's also like team and things like that, right? Um, but these are more general. Um, but when we think about things very specific in our own business, it can become very niche and that can be perfect for niche platforms like certain podcasts. But if you want to increase the chances that you're in a mainstream publication, you do want to go a little broader. Yeah. Well, I was in Forbes last year, you know, uh, uh, you know, and that was a very timely topic talking about recession proofing your business. Yes. So that is also an angle like, is that something where it's kind of easier to get uh, featured if you kind of have a timely topic? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we first talked about getting clear on what your overall topic is, and then you want to go into the story idea, right? And so, yeah, I mean, your story idea was very timely. And so when I'm helping people think about story ideas, I really want them to focus on three things. Ideally, they have, you know, as many as possible, but at least one or two of these. So one is that it should be a timely story, if at all possible, because there's a million stories in the world. Why is the media going to choose to tell your story right now? And a lot of these um, publications and media outlets, like they've been told from the top that you need to report on, you know, COVID and, you know, recession or things like that, right? Things that everyone is Googling and searching right now, because um, that's going to help the website get more traffic. And so if you know everyone's talking about something like tie it into that. Um, or, you know, maybe it's the start of the new year, right? Maybe it's something like, um, 
you know, 21 books, you know, um, to help entrepreneurs start their own business in 2021, or it's, you know, 10 predictions for the new year, right? Because in December and January, people are like mapping out the new year, they're making predictions. So that's a way to make it timely. So that's one, and to respond to what's happening in the media and in the world right now. Um, number two, and this is essential, is you want to make sure your story idea that you're pitching is valuable. I think sometimes we can come from the standpoint of I've got a product and I want people to buy my product. So I want the media to cover my product or my program or whatever it is. Um, and they could, you know, talk about it in some way, but the lead of the story idea has to be, well, how is this going to add value to other people? If they're going to publish an article, an interview, how is reading the article going to make someone's life better, help them grow their business and so forth? And so your story idea wants to be focused on value that a lot of people can access. Um, I'm related to that. That's why people also in the media, they like things that are tangible. Sometimes people like will share ideas that are a little bit abstract, but for the person that's reading, you know, a 500 word article at the end of the article, do they know what to do? Is there a small step that they can take right now? Something that's valuable, right? And then the last thing is like a story idea that has some kind of emotional charge. You know, maybe it's something that's really surprising or shocking or, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Or, you know, or maybe it's like a warning. We need to know about this thing right now. Um, so those are kind of like the three elements that can make a really great story idea. And you don't need all of them, but you should try to have at least one or two in order for it to be a successful idea. Mm. And how do people find the story ideas? Like, do they just sit down and write it? Or is there any type of process to figure out these story ideas? Yeah, absolutely. So when you're thinking about the work that you do, I think it's helpful to ask yourself, you know, what are the questions that people are asking me over and over again? You know, maybe you are... Um, you know, maybe you work with clients one-on-one -on -one or in group programs and there's certain questions that are posed in the Facebook group or on group calls, or maybe you're noticing that people get stuck at certain points and you're like, okay, right. These things that people are really looking for and needing support around, these can be turned into story ideas, like how to, you know, how to overcome this challenge or how to achieve this goal, how to double your business, double your results and so forth. So I would say, you know, that's really key. And if you're someone that already has, let's say, like an online course even because I know what some of your people do it's like well think about the components of your online course right what would be like a story idea that you could pull from there um, the other thing to understand is when people are consuming an article so like we're talking about Forbes right like they're going to read an article you know let's say a 500 or 900 word article um, they want to be able ideally to be able to take some action afterwards so are there quick tips stats shortcuts maybe it's the number one thing you need to know Know about you know your area of expertise or the biggest mistakes people make around the area of expertise or three ways to get started with your area of expertise um, the media also really likes numbers because it's something that's very digestible and tangible and that sparks curiosity Ooh, what are the three things I have to know mm. yeah so okay we, we we find these story ideas and we're like oh we're all excited and maybe there's even a light bulb moment you know like ah and now I have a story and what is the next step? Yeah. So the next step, so you have your expert topic and then you have your story idea and then you have to pitch someone. And so at Forbes, there's, um, there's staff writers and there's contributors for a lot of us. We're going to be better pitching a contributor um, for staff writers. They tend to be covering like big national stories, maybe bigger brands like Apple and so forth. But there are contributors who um, at Forbes, I believe for most of them had to publish at least five articles a month. 
Um, now, one thing to understand about contributors is, you know, they're not getting paid a ton of money and a lot of them have their own businesses. Um, so if someone's going to pitch them, they're going to want to see you present the idea on a silver platter and make it as easy as possible for them, right? So they wanna know, like, is this person an expert at what they do? Is this person a good writer? Are they gonna make it easy? And so you wanna to put together a thoughtful pitch. Um, one of the first things that you can do, like, you know, is think about what's the subject line of my pitch. Or actually, before the subject line, you could even think about, if you wanted to, the from line. When someone looks at their email, the first thing is, oh, who is it from? And of course, we don't expect you to know the people that you're pitching in the media. But if something is an opportunity that you're really excited about and really want to increase your chances, why not take a quick second to look them up on Instagram or Twitter, um, maybe reshare something, leave a comment, kind of get to know them. And, you know, so that your name is perhaps a little bit familiar. Familiar. That's kind of like, you know, kind of an extra gold star if you want to go there, um, mm -hmm. but it can, it can help. Um, I know for podcasts, for example, Sigrid, if someone were to leave a five-star review on iTunes and show up in different ways and be that supporter and cheerleader, you know, you would definitely notice them. And when you see their name in the inbox, there's automatic, automatically like a nice feeling about them. Yeah. Yeah. So. But how do you find the contributors? You would probably have to first you know, read some articles and find the, the one that fits to your uh, topic. And it's going to take some time. I wish there was a master list of contributors that we could just download and that doesn't exist. Um, you know, I've seen, I, I mean, I've even tried like Googling on LinkedIn and, you know, I think the best thing is honestly to go on the Forbes website and, um, you know, they'll know if someone is a contributor, but just like click on the articles that are related to your areas of expertise and then see who is writing these articles. So mm -hmm. maybe it's carving out like, you know, 30 minutes to dig around, or maybe it's having, um, you know, assistant or team member doing that research for you. Um, and then getting those names, or if you have friends that have been featured in places like Forbes, who are the people that are covering them? Because maybe they might be interested in covering you. Um, so identifying who the a contributor is and doing their email and they're, they're finding their email is a bit of sleuthing because it might not always be a Forbes email, but oftentimes you can find people's you know emails somehow online, especially if they've got you know a website. Usually the email is their first name at you know their website.com. Mm -hmm. um, and then with the subject line, you know, it could be something like hi plus like um, timely story idea for your Forbes column or maybe you're even putting the headline uh, of the story idea that you want to pitch because there might be like, ooh, that's a great idea, like click on it, you know? Um, and then when you pitch, there's a few components. So first you want to start off on a warm and friendly note um, for a Forbes column showing that, you know, you understand their column, that you've maybe read their column, that you enjoyed a particular article. Maybe you're saying, oh, I saw that you recently interviewed someone about this topic and, you know, I think complimentary to offer that could continue that conversation, but just putting a little bit of effort so it doesn't feel like a 100% copy and paste. Yeah. Um, so then the next step would be to briefly explain who you are. This is not your hero's journey. This is not your about page. This is like, you know, like two, three sentences about who you are and a little bit about your credibility. You know, you don't just say I'm a small business expert or I'm a marketing expert. Can you be like a little bit more specific about, you know, how you help people and maybe, if you can say that you've been doing this for, you know, everyone's 
credibility markers will be different. So some ideas could be, I've been doing this for a certain number of years. I've helped, or maybe it's, I've helped X number of clients or my clients have gotten results like this or that, or maybe you've been featured in the media before and you've been, you know, kind of speaking on this topic. There's a lot of different things that you can just weave in and like one or two, three sentences max to just show that you are an expert. Um, and then you would go into your story ideas and, I would say, I mean, it depends. Sometimes you can just pitch one story idea. Other times you might want to pitch, let's say three in case maybe the one idea, um, you know, is not like a hit for them. And when you're sharing your idea, I like to share it in the format of like a headline. So, you know, they see, Ooh, I would click on that. Okay. And it's kind of, we talked about how can we make it as easy as possible? Cause these contributors are really diff you know, busy. So even coming up with a headline for the article, um, and then if you're, you know, maybe let's say your story idea is like three things that every entrepreneur must know about, I don't know, productivity, right? Then you also want to include like a couple sentences describing what you would share with them. Because if you're like three things everyone must know or the number one thing, they might be like, okay, well, that's great. But I still don't know what she's going to talk about. What are these three things? What is this one thing? Is it something they've already covered? Or is it something new and different and exciting? So you just want to share a little bit. And when you explain the story idea, you're also, again, like showcasing your writing for them. Um, then the other thing that I would do to wrap it up is like even, well, you could share any writing samples because even if they're going to be authoring the piece, they will want you to do the heavy lifting. You're the expert. You have the tips. Sometimes I'll get on the phone and talk to you, but other times I might just want to go back and forth over email to develop the article. Mm -hmm. So if you can show, um, you know, your writing, then they know, Oh, this person's a good writer. They're going to be easy to work with. And then I also like to say, you know, if, um, you know, I'm also flexible, I'm happy to write about, you know, or suggest story ideas around these other topics, you know, just so that you're not closing the door. So those are some of the key elements of what would go into a pitch. So you basically haven't written the article. At the end of the day, the contributor writes it, but you are still, uh, you know, contributing the meat of it. You know? You yeah, absolutely. And now more and more like contributors want it to be as easy as possible. So sometimes they'll actually have you write the article essentially, but they'll write the intro, you know, and turn it over to you for your tips. Um, but it will be authored by them, not you, even if you do a lot of the writing because it's their column. Yeah. You wouldn't send a, a fully finished article. You could. Yeah, you absolutely could. But the thing is, you just don't know what story idea they have. So you could even say like, you know, I would be happy to send over like, um, you know, a fully developed article or whatever makes as easiest for you. So you can offer that. You can offer that. When is the time right to go for this? Like, it feels like, you know, you see a lot of people get featured. And then you also ask yourself, like, there's probably like gazillion more that want to get featured. And they are just maybe going for it too soon? Like at what point should you be in your business to even try this method versus pitching maybe podcasts or something that is closer to, uh, you know, where you are in business? Yeah. So a couple of things, and these are more like generalizations. I know there's always exceptions, um, but I believe when we're getting started with media, we should think about the low hanging fruit. We're not going to go for our biggest dream opportunity on day one. Um, so what I like to do is like, you know, make a list of the low hanging fruit. Um, and what I mean by that is more easily accessible opportunities. 
maybe your friend has a new podcast and there could be an opportunity for you to be there. Um, or maybe there is a blog that a lot of your colleagues um, contribute to. I think it's helpful actually to do writing first, like guest posting and really get into the practice of distilling your ideas, sharing your story through the written word. And then after that, graduating to podcasts and having these extended conversations. Um, that being said, some people are like, you know, I'm not a writer and podcasts are my medium. And so maybe, you know, do what feels good and natural. So a part of it is knowing yourself, but also, you know, working up to things. I mean, I'll tell you like the first video interview or podcast interview I did is not nearly as good as the one that I'm doing three years later, right? So we get better over time. Um, that being said, if you know someone that can hook you up for a great opportunity with Forbes or has a contact there, don't wait forever. I would jump on the opportunity if it's right there in front of you. But I also wouldn't put the pressure on yourself to feel like, you know, you need to go after the biggest opportunities for yourself on day one. Mm. But you can use similar strategies to what you just described yeah. to get pitched on any kind of a medium. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's all about, you know, the beginning, starting on that warm and friendly note and showing that you've done research and understand the outlet. I mean, that's essential. And then establishing yourself as the expert, introducing yourself up front because it's not just about the topic, it's like, who is the person, right? So sharing a bit about you and then really presenting some story ideas on a silver platter. And then, you know, sharing a sample of your work if you have something to share. Like if you're pitching yourself for TV, it's gonna be hard to get on TV if you're not going to send them a little video clip of you, you know, ideally being interviewed because TV is such a visual medium. Um, or if you're saying, I'd love to write, it does help if you can show, you know, I'm a good writer. So what if the person says yes, the contributor says yes, and they start an interaction? Wait, whoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, celebration uh, time. <laughs> you celebrate. Uh, how, how long does it typically take that it gets published? Yeah, so it depends. Um, some people will like batch their content and get a lot of things ready and then release it later um, and so forth. But you know, like, let's say like one of my um, friends, she pitched an article to Forbes about how breast cancer made me a better businesswoman. And she pitched it in September for October, because October is breast cancer awareness month. So of course, they're going to want to get it um, in time to run in October. But there are some things that are more evergreen. And so it doesn't matter as much. Um, it can really vary. I mean, sometimes, you know, people get an article and it's completed. And they're like, you know what, I can get this published the next day. Some people might be like, you know what, I've got a lot of articles coming in and I need to organize it and it might not be until a month or two. Um, so it really depends on the contributor you're working with. And then once it's published, what should someone do that, you know, this is where things can break down, right? Your article is published, but if you don't do anything with it, it's like a TEDx talk, right? Yes. No, I'm really glad. Like, this is like the perfect question that you asked me. So since we're talking about Forbes, something important to know is with Forbes, if an article on their website gets a lot of clicks and hits and shares, then the algorithm is going to say, oh my gosh, this is a popular article. We need to be pushing it out there and making it more prominent. Um, so yes, I mean, people will find your article, but if you can drive more traffic to it, then Forbes makes it more prominent. And then there's like this snowball effect with more and more people seeing it. So I've seen articles that have gotten like 100,000 views. And a big part of it was there was a promotional strategy um, where, you know, people were emailing their audience or emailing friends and colleagues 
colleagues in advance saying, hey, you know, next week I'm going to be dropping this article and I'm coming to you to ask for your support because this is a big opportunity. It's a huge dream of mine. I want as many eyeballs on this as possible. Um, you know, can you, would you agree to sharing this article and giving them some social media copy that they can use to share it? I've even seen people say, hey, if you share your article and send me a screenshot, you could be entered to win a free spot in this course I have or so forth. So there's so many things that you can do to gamify it. Obviously you can't do this with every single media opportunity because that's a lot of work. But yeah. I think for all of us, there'll be some key opportunities where this is really special. And we we'll wanna ask the people around us to help us amplify the article so as many people as possible see it. Go to the show notes at sigrun.com forward slash 426, where you will find a link to Selena's program plus information on Sigrun's special bonuses. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. If you enjoyed this episode, let Sigrun know that you listened by tagging her on your Insta story or your Instagram post using her handle at sigruncom and the hashtag Sigrun Show. See you in the next episode. <laughs>